Hi, I'm Judy Frazier, president and founder of We The Kids. We The Kids puts God back into America's history. Listening to We The Kids radio show will inspire you and your kids to have a positive American identity, clear direction, and a powerful purpose for your life. Thank you for listening. Welcome to We The Kids Radio Show for kids from 8 to 108. I am Arch Hunter, a father, a husband, and an historian. And I'm Lydia Nuttall, a mom and executive board member for We The Kids and author of Forgotten American Stories, Celebrating America's Constitution. And later on in the show, we're going to hear from the We The Kids Liberty Players. The mission of We The Kids is to put God back into America's stories to help American kids be proud to be an American, to love and defend America's Constitution, and learn the principles of freedom that establish unprecedented freedom in our country so that they can preserve freedom in America. And that is so important. That's why we're doing this show. So we're glad you're listening. And today's Forgotten American Story. Celebrate Columbus Day with the Columbus Day quiz and answers. So we would like to begin our program with, Lydia, I'd like to ask you a question. How do we know if we're actually being told or taught something or about someone that is true or not? That's a really good question because honestly, there are so many sources of information. We have social media, everybody's favorite. We have TV, we have movies, books, teachers at school, uh, we have friends, we have family. Uh, Yeah, how would we know, especially because something else is sometimes we are told things over and over, or we hear things over and over and over again that are being repeated in so many venues, and it can seem to us that it's true just because it's been repeated so much. So I don't know, what are your thoughts? Well, this is the heart, Lydia, of an historian and all of us, whether we are, quote unquote, an historian or in another career, we're all historians and we need to continue to constantly search evidence and then put the evidence together to come up with a conclusion about a certain person or a certain topic or a certain situation that has happened or a story. Because one person or there could be a situation and six people see it and they're going to have six different interpretations of it. You know, that is so true. The gentleman that helped me put together my website for Forgotten American Stories Celebrating America's Constitution was actually from England. 
And his take on the American Revolutionary War was way different than our American take on the Mm -hmm. Revolutionary War, because he learned it in England and learned it from England's perspective. So yeah, that's really true. So the wisdom is... There is more than one side to every story. There's more than one side to a coin. In fact, did you know there are three sides to a coin? Uh, Okay. (laughs) We went from history to coins. Well, because, yeah, there's the edge of the coin. That's another side. So sides and the edge. And the edge. So Lydia, you don't understand this, but you're touching the, the heart and soul of one of my major points of conflict with teachers and other historians is oftentimes people are so satisfied with just reading one author or listening to one news channel or just listening to one story and they just want to believe that that to be true. Yeah, true. And and we're not undermining anybody's credibility or any news channel or any author. It just behooves us all as human beings to constantly, constantly continue to put information into our minds to accumulate as much information we can before we come to a conclusion about a person, an historical event, our country, a politician, a friend or relative. Uh, It's so important because everyone has a point of view. And we can finally be somewhat comfortable, ultimately, when we accumulate as many points of view on a person or a situation before we just assume that that to be a fact or true. I think that's what makes us more well-rounded, too, as an individual, is not just to take everything face value that we've heard or read or heard repeated over and over is to do our due diligence to look at other points of view, listen to people who look at things different on purpose. Often we think that that's contentious, but I think that's because we may have developed a short-sighted version of differences. Mm -hmm. A well-rounded view of differences is, oh, look what you were able to add to my knowledge. And now I can take your view, your perspective, your knowledge, combine it with mine. And now I can put those things together and I have more of a whole concept or understanding of that situation. And maybe I'm closer to what's real and what's true. Kind of like, don't just take one piece of the puzzle. You need to get more pieces of the puzzle and they can get a more beautiful picture than just whatever's on the puzzle piece. May I share two quotes with you, Lydia? Sure. And then everyone, after he shares the quotes, we've got a special guest and we'll introduce her. Can't wait. First quote. Did it ever occur to you, sir, what an opportunity a battlefield affords a liar? Wow. Read that one one more time. Did it ever occur to you, sir, what an opportunity a battlefield affords a liar? And then who said that? And tell me why you're sharing that. What does that mean? Uh, General Thomas Stonewall Jackson made that statement. And because mostly, as you know, my forte is more military history. You can accumulate a lot of different witnesses of a particular battle and what has happened there. And everyone's going to give you a different story because a different perspective, which we're talking about accumulate as many sources as you can to formulate an opinion about something. 
I like that. So if you get as many people as you can who witness the same thing, you're yeah. going to get you're gonna like get a 360 degree view yes. of that thing rather okay. than just a 45 degree angle. Right. And then one more quote. This is from a detective sergeant from the NYPD, a detective sergeant from the NYPD. Give me six eyewitnesses and I'll give you six different stories. Yep. So, okay. and Lydia, that doesn't always leave us in a very comfortable position, but what it should leave us in the position of always, always have an attitude of seeking the truth and seeking as much information as you possibly can. and being humble enough when we establish a reason or a thinking, be humble enough to think I could be wrong. Mm. I could be wrong wow. and I'm, and I'm going to have to change a particular viewpoint about something into the future. Wow. Wow. If we could all apply that. Wow. Yes. We would all be wiser. <laughs> <laughs> True. So why don't you introduce our special guest today? Lydia? We can we can get into more of our topic of Columbus, because particularly in the past few years, I don't think any well, Columbus has been of the ones whose reputation has been greatly shattered over the past several years without a lot of people in America, and which Columbus is a great example of how we need to seek continue to seek the truth on a person. Yeah, well, hopefully this show is going to help us get more pieces of the puzzle to Christopher Columbus to add the ones that we have already, and then we can get a more perfect picture, closer picture to who he really was. So today we have with us on the show, Sammy from Arizona. Welcome to We The Kids radio show, Sammy. She is one of our youngest We The Kids Liberty players. So Sammy, tell us how old you are. I am 11 years old. And Sammy, why don't you tell us how many brothers or sisters you have? I have one older sister and I have two younger brothers. Good. You got a mix and you're kind of right there in the top middle part. And what are some of your favorite things that you like to do? I like to go swimming. I like to play with my animals and have a fun time with my family. Awesome. Well, 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 well. You like to play with your animals, Sammy. You have to be a little bit more specific. What animals are you talking about? My cat, Watson, and my sister's dog, Pepper. And I just love to play with the laser pointer. Both of them love that. Okay, so but the laser <laughs> pointer is not an animal. But you, <laughs> that, tantalize, an you tantalize the cat with the laser pointer. Okay. <laughs> oh, and the dog loves it, too. And the dog loves it. And Sammy, we have met. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, a little bit more than just yes, Sammy. Oh, what he's looking for, Sammy, is like praise. No, accolades. not for no, no, no. That, <laughs> Sammy, that is not true. Don't that was the most wonderful time of my life when I met Doug. So, Great, Sammy, the no. So, Sammy, Hunter. how did we meet and where did we meet? We did a show and we got an award and we all met in Pennsylvania and Art gave us a tour of the. Um, Somewhere. <laughs> I can tell it was impactful, Valley, Sammy. Valley Forge. <laughs> so my, my man, I, Sam, I asked you a question, contrary to what Lydia has thrown in there, <laughs> to let our listeners know that, that we, the kids, have received two um, gracious awards from the state of Pennsylvania for broadcasting. And that's, I met you last spring when you and your mom came with the president, Judy, uh, to accept the award. So that's when we first met you, or I first met you. So thank you, Sammy, for joining us. That's my pleasure. Show. Yes. Yay. Sammy, do you have some questions for us about Christopher Columbus? Um, yeah. 
how can you know if something is true about someone or not? Go ahead, Lydia. Oh, I think since Arch, you're the historian with all the research you do, how do you know if something you hear or read is true or not? Well, again, I don't believe we can actually honestly ever know exactly the whole truth, particularly with historical figures or situations, because there's so much that goes involved in it. Now, we can be very confident in what we believe, but that's why I said, Lydia, a few minutes ago, always keep in your mind that my information might not be totally correct, but we can be comfortable with going and finding as many resources on a particular situation or person and accumulate that information. We can also find people that were eyewitnesses to a situation and get information from them also and accumulate as much information as possible to come up with a general conclusion about specific, if we're talking about Columbus, Columbus himself, or, you know, uh, did he really discover America or was it one of the islands? Yeah. Well, so now that I know more about that, I'm going to ask you questions about Christopher Columbus. And even though he died a long time ago with his friends, um, I was wondering if you had some primary and secondary sources that you will be able to ask to answer the questions about. Lydia? Well, yes, we have the answers that Arch and I are going to be hopefully giving you will be coming from his journal. Christopher Columbus actually kept a journal and he called it his book of prophecies. He wrote it in a different language, mostly in Spanish with some Latin. He was Italian. His name was Cristoforo Colombo. He was born in 1451. He died in Spain and his Spanish name was Cristobal Colón. And uh, so we're going to be using the book of prophecies Um, and Sammy, just to kind of back up a little bit, there's primary source documentation and there's secondary source documentation. So his book on prophecies is written by himself. So would you call that a secondary source or a primary source? Um, Primary source document. Uh, was this journal ever translated into English so we can read it? Art? Yes, yes, it was. It was translated into English through the Presbyterian layman in 1971, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so we can read it uh, now in, in English, his book of prophecies at this point. Sammy, and- can I, I'd like to go back a moment, Sammy. What are some of, what are some of the sources you use before we really go on with Columbus? that you read that makes you comfortable with coming up with a conclusion about a situation or a person? So um, I think that primary source documents and secondary source documents, like let's say that you're great, you wanted to learn about your great, great grandma and you need primary, there's primary source and there was secondary source. And your grandma wrote a journal and your grandma's daughter wrote a journal. So you have your mom's journal and you have your grandma's journal. You might be able to learn more personal information about your grandma if you go to her journal. Mm-hmm. I like then, that. I, I like that answer quite a bit, Sammy. Thank you. And I, 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 I ask you that because growing up in a household where I had two sets of grandparents, 
one set of grandparents loved, just loved Franklin Delano Roosevelt when he was president and could not say enough good things about FDR. And my other set of grandparents particularly didn't like Franklin Delano Roosevelt and didn't particularly like him as president. So I got a whole different point of view from them. So, you know, I had to learn as a, as a young kid, take all that information and absorb it and to see how much of that was actually valid and how much of that was just because they liked a person or didn't like a person. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Hey, you want to know what was in his book of prophecies? Sure. Yeah. It was mostly a compilation of uh, all of the teachings and prophecies that Christopher Columbus found in the Bible on the subject of the earth, distant lands, population movements, undiscovered tribes, and similar writings of the ancient church fathers. That's what was in the his book of prophecies which i thought was really interesting so back to your question sammy what kind of sources are going to be used we're going to be using his book of prophecies and also um columbus wrote letters to king ferdinand and queen isabel that have also been preserved so all that is primary source uh, documentation and drum roll please his son ferdinand columbus wrote a book about his dad christopher columbus called the life of admiral christopher columbus by his son ferdinand columbus so back to you sammy would that book by his son be classified as primary or secondary documentation secondary source document Yay. Yeah. And secondary uh, documentation is, is still very important, still very important. So we have a tendency because particularly now in education where the emphasis is primary documents and it is, but it's not the end all to be all. It's a, just a, another part of the reference material that we use to come to a, a logical conclusion about, uh, again, a person or a situation. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to ask you my questions now. My first question is, was Christopher Columbus mean to Native Americans and did he kill them? Lydia? Well, I know for one thing that his name means, well, translate, it's Christopherens, which means Christ bearer. And his name was a reminder to him of what his life's mission was to be, which was to share with others his knowledge about Jesus Christ. So for instance, it's documented that when he stepped foot on the first land that they discovered after they left for across the Atlantic Ocean, it was the island that he christened San Salvador which means holy savior. And this is the prayer that he prayed. He said, O Lord, almighty and everlasting God, by thy holy word, thou hast created the heaven and the earth and the sea. Blessed and glorified be thy name and praised be thy majesty, which hath deigned to use us, thy humble servants, that thy holy name may be proclaimed in the second part of the earth. And then I didn't know this, but every island where they stopped, Columbus and his men erected a large wooden cross, and I'm quoting this from, from him, as a token of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and in honor of the Christian faith. So 
what I got from that is that his purpose for one of his purposes for exploring and sailing across the Atlantic to find the Indies, which was Asia, that's what they called Asia, was to spread this mission that he felt he had, uh, this passion that he had, this knowledge that he had about Jesus Christ. And so between his name being translated as the Christ bearer and him believing that his mission is to share the holy word of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Christian faith to this second part of the earth that he he knew was out there, that no, it doesn't really make sense to me that he would have gone to try to kill the natives that were there, especially if he's a true Christian, right? Right, Sammy, because what is one of the first great commandments that is one of Jesus Christ's teachings? Thou shalt, thou shalt not kill. That's one of them. Do you know the first one? The very, very first one. It's to love, love somebody. And to second, love Jesus Christ. Okay. Yep. Love Jesus Christ. Sorry. Love God. The second commandment is love your love neighbor. Love your neighbor. So if he truly was a Christian, then killing, I don't think is anywhere in his mind to do, to treat the natives that he found. And and why do you think that Columbus has come under such attacks in the past few years from so many groups that when we look at the evidence that you're talking about, it is totally opposite of what they're trying to tell people today who Columbus was? There's always movements going on in this world, pros and cons. There's always opposition that it just is. It's the nature of this world and of us as human beings. And there seems to be a, a push. Well, seems, I know there's a push to get rid of anything that has anything to do with God or Jesus Christ. That's one side of it. And then there's the other side where there's people that are really advocating just as Christopher Columbus wanted to do, advocating for Jesus Christ. So I think that's why he's got caught in the crosshairs in that movement Mm -hmm. of trying to eradicate anything that has anything to do with God or Bible or religion, faith, especially Christianity. Yeah. So Christopher Columbus had the desire to teach the natives about Jesus Christ and to share the Christian faith, not to kill them. Wow. I didn't know that. Are there more documented quotes by Christopher Columbus wanting to share the Christian faith with the natives rather than kill them? And that that is exactly the point of my question about how to, when we look at this primary information from Christopher Columbus and what is being taught or a lot of people believe today, it refutes that. So Lydia, would you like to uh, give that quote to Sammy about her question? So Sammy, here's another quote that I found where Christopher Columbus said, I feel persuaded by the many and wonderful manifestations of divine providence in my special favor that I am the chosen instrument of God in bringing to pass a great event, no less than the conversion of millions who are now existing in the darkness of paganism. And I looked up the word pagan, paganism, and that means either a non-Christian or pre-Christian religion. So again, this is sharing with us in his own words that he really felt that God wanted him to serve this mission to convert millions of people who didn't even know anything about Christianity, nothing about Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. So Christopher Columbus felt his mission in life was to be a Christian missionary in a really big way. Thanks for sharing these quotes. My next question is, why did people think that Christopher Columbus was insane? I've heard some people today still believe that he was insane. Well, what's interesting is (laughs) I think um, people who don't believe in God or in a higher power believe that those who do, and I'm saying some people believe that those who do believe in a higher power in God or, or, or religion, that they feel that they're just imagining things and they seem crazy to them. Um, they can't relate. Was Christopher Columbus insane? I mean, so was the revolutionary thinking and teachings of Jesus of the Christ. Joan of Arc was thought, you know, accused of being insane. Galileo Galilei. Louis Pasteur, Thomas Edison, Albert Einstein, there's so many people that if you can't relate to them because they don't make sense to you, that it's easy to just call them insane or crazy. But Christopher really did feel guided by God to sail to the Indies. And the Indies is what they called Asia. Like I mentioned, Asia, meaning China, Mongolia, Japan, Korea, Cambodia, even uh, countries like Afghanistan, Iran or Iran. I learned that from someone who's from Iran, Iran, to call it Iran, not Iran. Uh, That's the slaughtered American version, Um, Iraq and Oman. uh, That, so what he said again, in his own words, and, and that comes right from the book of prophecies, his journal, he said, it was the Lord who put it into my mind. I could feel his hand upon me the fact that it would be possible to sail from here to the Indies, all who heard of my project rejected it with laughter, ridiculing me. There's no question that the inspiration was from the Holy Spirit because he comforted me with rays of marvelous inspiration from the Holy Scriptures. No one should fear to undertake any task in the name of our Savior if it is just and if the intention is purely for his holy service. I like knowing that Christopher Columbus felt guided by God to sail west to get to the Indies. I especially like what he said that we shouldn't fear to do something that is guided by God if our desire is just to serve him. He must have been a really strong person in what he believed in because even though he was ridiculed and laughed at for believing what God had inspired him to do, he did not back down because he felt comforted by the inspiring words he found in the Bible. Anything else before I ask my next question about Christopher Columbus? all of us as people seeking truth to continue to push those doors open to see if what we believe or what we see or what we think is actually true, or is that what we've been taught to be true? That's a really good point. And guess what? I'm thinking we're going to have to go into part two of Christopher Columbus. So Arch, do you want to wrap it up for us? And thank you, Sammy. Yes. Thank you, Sammy. We're going to continue this. So, Sammy, thank you for coming and sharing with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) It's always a pleasure, Sammy, to have you with us. So we'd like to invite every one of you from age 8 to 108 to ponder these this week. Did listening to the Asher words written by Christopher Columbus affect your previous beliefs about him? The next time we hear things about others, and we cannot tell if what we have heard is true or not, How could going and getting primary and secondary sources help the situation? 
So happy Columbus Day, everyone. We invite you to share what you learned on today's We The Kids radio show with your kids and grandkids. Bye. Bye, Sammy. Bye. Bye, Arch. Bye. (laughs) We want to invite everyone from eight to 108 to listen and please join us on We The Kids radio show and to hear more forgotten stories. Learn the principles of freedom that established unprecedented freedom in America so that we can all, whether we're eight or 108, preserve our freedom.